Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com and Scott Reynolds is also with me today from PewterReport.com. And man, it's, it's, it just continues. Good, good days to be covering the box, to be Bucks fans, to be in the NFC South, to be in the NFC. It's just all runs together, it seems, these days. And uh, there's uh, a Buccaneer coming back into the fold for his 10th season with the yeah. team. It's some good news that we'll talk about today. We'll we'll talk about all this Baker Mayfield stuff because I know you all are going to have questions about it. And even though I think our answers will be quick and expected, uh, we'll talk about it today, what that situation looks like. We'll talk about Blaine today and what the, the quarterback situation. Ooh, goody, goody. Yes, I know, Scott. You're, that's why you were on the show today. To that's talk right. About Blaine a little bit. And uh, we'll also touch on this Tyree Kill madness. Maybe we'll start there. In fact, uh, the Tyree Kill madness getting traded from the Kansas City Chiefs out of nowhere today. <laughs> in a matter yeah. of like 45 minutes, Tyree Kill was the chief and Everything was good in Kansas City, and then he was gone. Uh, and so we will talk to talk about all that on today's show. Uh, Scott, uh, how are things going on this Wednesday in uh, in Bucks World? In Bucks World, fantastic. In Chiefs Kingdom, eh, not so much. You know what happened? <laughs> well, Tyreek Hill, um, Cheetah, has uh, has run off to Miami. Yes, and chased a payday, um, and he'll be having to chase some. Some passes from back. Tua Tagliavoa, and I, I don't know that uh, that that's going to be anywhere close to what it was with Pat Mahomes, right? I think that Mahomes was certainly uh, the better quarterback out of the two there, and so I, I think that Cheetah is, of course, Tyreek Hill is is one of those players that that um, is chasing the coin as opposed to chasing another ring. He's already won one. He's been at two Super Bowls, and obviously the Buccaneers prevented him from winning the second one, so. I think that uh, is a move that that really has to to be Buccaneer fans make them happy, especially with the fact the Bucks are facing the Chiefs this year. Right, they're facing Kansas City probably over in Germany. That game has not been announced yet, but I think that's going to be the opponent. And if I would love to have Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in that game, I just don't think that they're going to have the the weaponry to keep up with the Buccaneers. Almost like they didn't have in the Super Bowl, but um, well, uh, it's I, I know you can't see me right now because yeah, my camera is you. just turned off, but I can still hear you. And uh, so let me just John Ledger. That's right. Let me just say this and add this to what you're saying right now. I think this is it's very funny how the the matchups have shifted even this season for the Bucks. Like no Tyree Kill for the Chiefs, yes. no Devonte Adams for the Packers in that yep. matchup. Is is just a lot different looking. No I mean, Russell still Wilson have a, for the Seahawks, right? No Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Like it just is already shifted somewhat, and this is why I never re- overreact to the schedule too early. Like I know yeah. it looks a certain way per se, but like it just rarely kind of pans out that exact way, and so that's why I think uh, the hesitancy with the schedule is kind of usually always a good thing, and I think that people shouldn't overreact at this point right. and should just kind of wait and see what that looks like yeah, going into. Try. Yeah, back for a second. Yeah, for a second. It'll, yeah. it'll get fixed here in a second. Technology's um, great when it works. Love it. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. It's never happened in the show, though. Um, but know. yeah, I think that that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm not overreacting to that part of it. But I am right. obviously looking at this as another stroke of good fortune for the Bucks and what's been an offseason full of these kind of things so far. And yeah, it's funny, Scott. I mean, Jason Light continues to have, first of all, a lot of things go his way, obviously, but also yeah. make a lot of good things happen this offseason. No doubt. He's just kind of continued to do that. And now they're bringing back Will Golson into the fold as well. Um, and it shows that this is a team that's ready to gear up and go all in for Super Bowl. All their moves kind of show that yeah. they're a team willing and ready to do that. So it brings me to like the biggest thing for me. Why aren't other teams feeling that way? Like, why aren't the Chiefs feeling that way and keeping Tyree Kill? Why are the Packers not feeling that way with Devontae Adams and recognizing that how important that piece is to them winning a yeah. Super Bowl? It's critical, Scott. And it doesn't seem like all these teams realize that. I, I'm with you, John. And and the thing, the thing too is is when you look at at the Buccaneers really gearing up and going all in again for another Super Bowl. And these 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 other teams, and you mentioned Devontae Adams uh, and and Will uh, or Tyree Kill, you know, chasing the money, if you will, and and getting these these massive deals. It, it really has reset 
the wide receiver market, and, and it's done so at a great time because, boy, Chris Godwin at $20 million looks like a bargain now. He's a bargain, John. You got, you've got Chris Godwin at $20 million, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Mike Evans at 16 and a half. You add those two players up. You're getting Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, two pro bowlers, two thousand yard receivers, right? For $36.5 million on average, right? And Tyreek Hill's making 30. You're getting both right. of those guys for almost what, what you're getting out at, at of Tyreek Hill if you're the Miami Dolphins. Yep. And you know, and yeah, I mean, Hill's a phenomenal player. He's a talent, right? There's no doubt about it. But two is better than one, John. It just mm-hmm. is. Right. No question. I mean, Hill's great. No, no doubt about it. He's one of the best. I mean, he, I think those are probably the best two receivers in the league. But at the end of the day, Scott, like you need that guy to win. Like the Chiefs have what are they? Juju Smith Schuster's a solid player. Like yeah. Nicole Hardman's a solid player, but Travis Kelsey's about to be 33 years old. Like this right. is I just yeah. don't understand it if you're Kansas City. Everybody else in your division just got better. Yeah, you know, you gotta, and again, they've got picks, so they maybe they can reload it. But this offseason, as common sense says, is absolutely been the craziest ever. Started yeah. with Brady coming back, and it's just been an absolute whirlwind ever since of crazy really activity. Has. And it is unbelievable where we have ended up in the disparity between the AFC and it. even when an AFC player leaves, like a Deshaun Watson or Tyree Kill, they stay right. in the conference. But all the I NFC know. good players are going to the other conference. It's yeah. It's really crazy how and, and that's unfolded. The crazy thing too is, and, and you you mentioned right, like like the, the fact that the Buccaneers, you know, there was there was talk the Buccaneers might be interested in Deshaun Watson, right? And then, it, mm. it, you know, we we found out a while back. We, I reported in SR Spat Five that there were some issues that were really making the Buccaneers pump the brakes, mm-hmm. and then it became clear that it was kind of down to a, a two team race in the NFC South, but not in Tampa Bay. Obviously, they had Brady come back. But mm-hmm. but with the Falcons and the Saints, and all of a sudden, right, he just opts for for Cleveland. And 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 remember, you were at the combine with Matt Matera from Pewter Report, and right. and you heard Jason Light and Bruce Arians say, you know, we'd love a quarterback, but gosh, there's just none of these guys that that are going to be traded this year. There's just no trade market. Then all of a sudden, bam, Russell Wilson, and bam, Deshaun Watson, yeah. and bam, Matt. No Ryan. trade market to y'all, maybe, but <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because, yeah, because y'all's lost roster. People aren't trying to give you a quarterback, but to exactly. the other conference, to right. the AFC, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, been plenty of movement on that front, and so it is, man. It has been an, a wild off season that has come up. Uh, mostly box. Let's talk about this. Jonathan Stutzman, we appreciate the $10 super chat. And now hopefully it's an awesome three plus years is a quote from Jason Light. If yep. not more than three, let's go. P.S. Thanks for the great content as always. Scott and John and the rest of the PR team. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank yeah, you. this was a quote from Jason Light today. Um, I don't know. To me, it's kind of obvious, Scott. Maybe I'm I'm I'm, pro- I'm always, you know, th- this way on these things. I think I'm the wet blanket guy, but Obviously, he'd like Tom Brady back if he wants to play again. And, and I mean, unless Duh. Tom Brady falls off a cliff this <laughs> right. year, like I just felt like this was kind of like, if not, you know, three plus years, if you know, more than three, like he's just yeah. kind of saying, if he wants a fourth year, like if he wants a beer, sure. year, like that door is open, which like, he'd be easy not to say that at this point. So, yes, I didn't really find it particularly noteworthy. Um, I don't think anybody's expecting an extension to get announced in the next day or anything like that, right? Um, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with the box, but I think if you're Brady, it just makes way more sense to be a free agent after this year. And honestly, if you're right. the Bucks, it kind of makes more sense too. Like, sure. What if he does fall off a cliff or get her, or like you're sad? Yeah. And you, what if he retires again and then you're stuck with more dead cap and all that? Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, it just makes kind of a lot of sense other than cap reasons. I get why they, but right. they can restructure and they will at some point here with him, I'm sure. I, yep. I, I don't know. To me, it didn't make a lot of sense. It would be something that, they would do right away. Maybe you feel differently or you've talked to people. No. I don't know. I, it, it sounds to me like it would be a redo of the contract or restructure rather than extension. And that's not to say that it won't be. I'm just saying as, yeah. as it stands right now, that's kind of what the thinking is. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if both sides wanted a little bit of flexibility too. Again, Jason Light saying, hey, we'd love to have you back, Tom, for multiple years, right? For three plus years. But mm-hmm. Even if, even if they don't extend a deal now, doesn't mean that if Brady wants to play in 2023, John, that he can't do a one year deal with the Buccaneers again, right? I mean, there's there's nothing to prohibit that. And 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 if he wanted to look around the landscape and play another year at age 46 somewhere else, he would have that the right to do that. 
And and I, I think Tampa Bay would be in, in a better position with with their team. And you know, they'll they'll probably know this year. And you know, you mm. you mentioned something really uh, you you put it very well in your column, your Bucks briefing today, which is must read. You got to read that, uh, Buck fans. Go to PeterReport.com, read John's Bucks briefing. But he talks about how if Kyle Trask can't beat out Blaine Gabbard, and we kind of think that's going to be the the veteran that they're going to resign. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about maybe Baker Mayfield in a second. But but if it is Blaine Gabbard, and if Kyle Trask can't beat out Blaine Gabbard this year as a second round pick, right? And it, and that's not. That's not exactly, you know, a slam dunk, John. It's not easy, right? Because right. first of all, you've got you've got the looks, right? I mean, I mean, he's right. He's a hell Hard of a multiple quarterback. Levels here. Yeah, it, yeah, it is right. And then then he's got the multiple years in Bruce's offense, and he just he's got playing time, right? Um, right. Plus, it's like you know, here you have Tom Brady, you know, who right. wants to to tag in Blaine Gabbert after he leaves. So you've got that to deal with too. But the thing is, if if you're Kyle Trask, you're a second round pick, you know. With that pedigree, you should yep. give Blaine a run for his money, if not beat him out. And if you can't, absolutely, it says yeah. something. If you, if you are clearly still behind Blaine Gabbard after year two and throughout the year, I mean, really, once camp's over, you don't get a whole, whole lot of chances to see what's changed at that right. point. You know, whoever your two is kind of just gets the two snaps, unless there's an injury, you don't get to see yeah. a whole lot of difference at that point. But man, it just yeah, if you can't beat out Blaine Gabbard, like we are just not going to sit here and pretend as much as we love and hype up Blaine, we're not going to sit here and pretend right. that Blaine Gabbard is some like quarterback in waiting or something it has been most crazy. he's had opportunities yes there have yes. been bad teams bad situations but he is deep into what is he 33 something like that 32, 30 33. he'll be 33 this year yeah. 33 this year so i mean this yeah. is not like a upside play a quarterback where trask yeah you'd like to think his best days ahead of him are playing are playing right. football are ahead of him and if he can't win that job it's it's highly concerning scott there's yeah. no question about it so and, and i tell you if i'm the buccaneers and, and i i really want to get a good look at kyle trask um I, I played Brady maybe a series or two in the first preseason game. And then that's oh, it. Yeah. And I sit Brady and I just let it be the Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask show, which, which I'm there for, like, I'm all about yeah. it. Like let's pop the popcorn. Let's watch the show. Right. And, right. Uh, and, uh, and I, yeah. I think that would be ideal. And of course the, the, this is the year and Bruce has already said this. It's like, you know, gosh, this is like when you would love to have that fourth preseason game to really, mm-hmm get even more reps for your young developing quarterbacks and, and players. Right. And I think Brady last year was, am I remember right? Three preseason drives. I believe he had, I think that was right. Three, yeah. Something three like preseason that, yeah. drives. I think he had on the year. So yeah, it'll probably be, that's he probably, they probably just let him do whatever he wants. He picks yep. how much he wants to play in the preseason. So yeah, I think you'll see a lot of, you'll get ample opportunity to see whatever that battle might be. Some people think it's going to be Baker Mayfield in there. We're going to talk about that in a second, Scott, but yeah. first, Got to talk about our friends over at Celsius. They power active lives every day with essential functional energy, and they are the proud title sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast. Celsius, you can find it all over the place, and you can find these wonderful flavors all over the place. I'm drinking Wildberry today, but essential energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. There's no sugar in yep. these. It's unbelievable. They've been able to create the variety of flavors and the unbelievable taste without any sugar and you can find them at uh, celsius.com if you use the store locator you can find out where they sell them near you or you can go to peterreport.com click on the banner ads get the amazon subscribe and save option coming to you on a regular basis variety of awesome speaking of which john guess what i did in the past hour i went to my door mr amazon was there with a big case of celsius I just this is a happy day for me. Not just because I'm doing the podcast with you and talking books, football with the peeps. I love our pewter people out there in the in the the podcast chat. But when when I opened the door and I opened the box and and I saw a case of orange for me, a case of watermelon for Ashley, uh, a case of tropical vibe for the whole family, because that's a, a, a family family favorite. Then another case of Fuji Apple Pear. I mean, just best day ever. best day ever the best way you ever. said it yeah. yeah i mean it really was i was like it's great it's like, it like, like christmas in march so that's right Very cool. we're talking about baker mayfield so i had to put my hat uh, on and put it on backwards and of course Colin yeah. Coward, um obviously but that has been the topic of conversation today amongst some bucks fans is um baker mayfield status kind of what's going to happen with him and there have been rumors around the internet that the bucks are interested just rumors no real reports and it would be hard to 
logically come up with a path for Baker Mayfield to the Bucs. We're going to attempt to do so a little bit uh, today. Browns would have to give us Baker for nothing, that comment said. Yeah. Baker would have to be humble to be a backup. True, big uh, if there on Baker being humble. Don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Baker set to make $18 million this yeah. year, and that is difficult, Scott, to kind of – how do you fit that in the Bucks budget? You really can't. So there's two pads basically forward. Bucks would never right. – I don't believe take Baker at 18 million. They'd have to clear cap space to add Baker in a contract year who is about to Mm -hmm. be a free agent. That would just not make much sense to me. Um, The only path is like if the, the Browns said they wanted to eat like his salary, like almost all of it, which has been thrown out there. But here's Mm -hmm. the thing what I've learned in the last few hours, Scott, even though that's commonly how the Baker trade is being talked about right now, because there's hardly any, teams that have cap space and need or want a quarterback or and right. or want Baker. The reality is that the Browns are willing to do basically anything to get him off the roster and get yeah. him off the payroll more than anything. So apparently the Browns are just willing to like eat the loss on the trade if they yeah. don't have to pay him. So well, if, if they'll I was, take like, in other words, like a low round pick. Like if I'm Jason Light, I'm, I'm calling him bad. and saying, here's what we'll do. We'll take him off your hands. You pay him all the money. And you give us a couple draft picks and we'll take Baker. So <laughs> I mean, it could be like a silly trade. Like it could be I jokingly, you know, floated Scotty Miller for Baker straight up. Like right. And yeah. honestly, that would if the compensation if the Bucks didn't have to pay the compensation, it would be impossible, maybe just to have another yeah. option in the house that would be possible. But there's the key factors of how much he's owed this season. And this right. is the fifth year option season, it's not the rookie year contract yeah. season. So that makes it a very tough thing to kind of digest for the box yeah. and then the other part of it is the what what was mentioned there in the last comment before this one is like the the personality of baker how yeah. will he fit in in tampa bay as behind the best quarterback ever like is he going to be teachable yeah big question I, mark i don't know like i really don't um, I could i've never him. seen a quarterback that doesn't throw to a wide open people as often as baker does i know i i could see him too like in the first media scrum in tampa you know you know baker what, what's it going to be like to to learn behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. And then he would say, well, I mean, I'm going to be competing for the job. So, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, that's right. I'm, I might start over. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean you're, saying, be... you're saying I'm going to be a backup, but that right. hasn't been decided yet. Right. That's right. 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 You would say. right. It's, a, it's an open competition to camp in my opinion. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it would be very humbling. man. <laughs> Yeah, if he took it the right way. So, uh, but I just don't see this happening. I would. You see him going to your Steelers, John? That's what A. Corman says. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that rumor for a few days too. Would not make any sense to me, uh, just because if you're the Steelers, like you just signed Mitch Trubisky, you have Mason Rudolph there, and you want to add a rookie. I think that everybody kind of knows that. Where would he fit in? I mean, it's never bad to have more answers when you're in a non-winning window. The Steelers are in a non-winning window, so like. If they got him and he was perfect for their fit for what they, you know, and he had this great year all of a sudden, then okay. Yeah. Then it wouldn't be like the worst thing ever for them to have just multiple options and try them all right. out. And if they're all bad, you go back to the well the next year yeah. since they're not going to be able to really compete in the AFC this year. But I don't, what's the point? I mean, and also the other thing, there's like no team that Bakers looked worse against than the Steelers. They have just literally, yeah, they've just exactly. killed that guy when they played him. Like yeah. the power sure of sacks. And Mike Tomlin's been like, no thanks. You know, it's just, I just have no clue why they would watch his games up close the way they have and think right. that's a dude we want. Like it would stun yeah. me. I mean, and, there's and not he, a good process in Pittsburgh to acquiring talent, but that one would stun <laughs> me for sure. His game has been ugly at times, but it's not like Baker Mayfield is ugly himself. But I mean, he's no Blaine Gabbard. I mean, if we're just calling, he's definitely not. He's, he's definitely not even in would Blaine's be, yeah, would be, if he joined the Bucks quarterback room and Blaine yeah. was there for some reason, or Ryan Griffin were there. Let's just say everybody yeah, was there for last say, season. Yeah, he would be the fourth best looking quarterback in the room. Yeah, Blaine, over Trask, maybe. Griff, Trask, Brady. Then wait, wait, Trask is not better looking. No, no, I take that back. Yeah, Brady's third, Trask is fourth, and then Baker would be number five. Oh, Baker be 50 thick. I'd have Baker over Trask, maybe. But that's about it. It's I mean, Trask has lost some weight. He's he's looking a little bit more spelt. (laughs) Trask is trimming. We'll see how he looks throwing the ball, though. Yeah, we haven't seen Trask really more than anything. We I'm anxious to see him and what he looks like, I think, this offseason, Scott, because yeah, it's going to be like there are so many people that are already writing him off as a bust, and it's just so silly to me. Like the greatest quarterback of all time just decided to come out of retirement. Before that, 
The team hadn't made any moves. They were ready to like see is. what he looked like this year. Yeah. Like, I, t- t- I don't think the team has given up on him at all. Will he be good? I, right. I've never really thought that he would be. So like, I'm not going to come off that opinion without having seen him play in a way that disproves me. But I'm also not going to bury the guy and say he's a bust at this point because he was looked like he was going to get a legit shot to win this job going into the season. So I wouldn't I know. be. I don't know why we're negative about Trask any more than and we were. The thing if we didn't is, like the pick is he actually had a really good. I mean, he was the Houston Texans, right? But I mean, you know, he he wasn't throwing to Evans or, or Godwin or anything in, in that game either, right? It was it was bad on bad, but he looked good in that Houston Texans game. That was that was actually a really good performance. Out of Remember the how many passes were in. dropped? Four, yeah. four drops, and you got yeah. no chance on a couple dropbacks. Two touchdowns, yeah, no interceptions. Right. It, you know, and I'm not carrying water for the dude at correct. all. Like if it ends up being a bad pick, I'll call it a bad pick. Everybody knows I will. I'm just not ready to call it a bad pick when you're literally right. just behind the best quarterback ever. Like, we're, yeah, we're we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was also a Bucks best bet, and we nailed him in the mock draft too. So That's right. yeah, he's got so, that going for him. Right, exactly. So we'll just we'll keep it going for him until he proves us otherwise on the field. We got to see what it looks like. I think that's going to be uh, the biggest um, call. Uh, people are really blown away by that. I am just, I don't get this one at all, man. Leo yeah. with $5 super chat. Leo, as always, we appreciate it. I'm shocked at what lights out on the radio today about Brady, where he basically suggested Brady playing more than just this year. I hope it happens. That's just not what he said though. Like he j- literally just said, hopefully it's three plus years. Yeah. Like he's just saying like, if Brady wants to keep playing and he's so right. good, like we'd keep him, And that just is so right. obvious to me. I don't, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I don't it, it really is no different than what he said to you and Indy John, which is, yeah, we'll right. leave the light on for him. Right. If Brady like wants to play, we'll, we'll yeah. have him back. You know, Right. And I don't think Brady, I don't know why he'd commit to that right now. If he does feel like he's going to commit to it right now, I don't know why he'd commit in Tampa. What if things are terrible this year? You know, yeah. every, I don't know, you know, I don't, you just know, right. but everybody wants to be a free agent. And especially yes. if he has a chance to close it out in his career and he wants to keep playing, I don't know. I mean, you know, it just doesn't make much sense to me that an extension would happen. But I don't know why it would be surprising that if Brady wanted to keep playing, that he that Jason would want him to do it to continue doing it in Tampa Bay. That that yeah. just seems this is common very sense. obvious to right. me. I, but I, there is, I'm clearly in the minority because everybody's yeah. buzzing about it right We'd now. We'd like I, to have Tom back, but really, it's it's time to turn the team yeah. over to Kyle Trask and see what we have in our second round pick. Right, right. get out of here, yeah. goat. <laughs> yeah. exactly. uh, but I, I and Tom has not said anything about at all. Period. Really, other than that one statement. Um, but would be nice to have him available to us oh, at some point. I think Scott would be nice. Yeah. Best quarterback of all time retires and then unretires. Cool. Yep. If the media could talk to him. I think that would be opinion. nice, you know, but, but I do think because he hasn't said much, maybe people are just assuming this is this last year, but I I've never really assumed that I, Right. I just think he's going to continue to evaluate think, things after. I think season. Giselle's assuming that <laughs> she might be. I, I don't know. Again, I'm, I don't want to assume it's... there either. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't so, know what type of, of bargain he had to strike there to come yeah. out of retirement. But, yeah, she seemed very supportive and excited. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, I mean, remember, folks, seriously, they there's audio and video of this. The minute, the minute Brady wins the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium, John and I are up there in the press box in disbelief. We're like, wow, this is amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Giselle and the kids are running towards Brady, and she says something to the effect of like. Are you done now? Like, what do you have left to prove? I think, I think she's, like yeah. I think that, well, you again, I never, I hate jump, assuming in these things, but to me, I thought what I thought in my head was more like they talked about this, like him going to another team and if he could win a Super Bowl outside of the structure in New England and how that was something you need to prove to other people. Yeah. And I think it was more like a celebration. Like you, you literally proved like what we talked about. That's how I processed it. Everybody processes these. Uh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was more like, like, like you've, you've got it, some finally? chores to do, buddy. Like <laughs> yeah. some vacuum. That's not how I started. We're done now. Yeah. Are we? Are we not? Right. You're done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we've kind of covered the quarterback conversation. I think I don't. I don't think either of us believe Baker is right. any business in Tampa Bay at all. I think the Browns are going to have a hard time moving him. To be honest with you, but that's probably a conversation for another pod. I don't know that there's many teams that will be interested and have right. the cap space. And the Browns really just they don't even care what they get. They just really yep. want to get rid of the cap space. I think to clear exactly. Um, so we'll see what happens, but uh, a good question here from Chris, because it ties into some things that we should probably touch on as well. Mm-hmm. Is there a guard we can draft that can start right away? Who um, there are obviously in this first round, potentially if Zion Johnson is there, um, I, we are huge fans of him. We would applaud yes. that pick. He's a natural left guard. So it makes a ton of sense. Um, fits everything about the box. I would be shocked if he wasn't high on their board. 
Kenyon yeah. Green from Texas A&M could be an option as well. He's played a lot of different O-line spots, not as polished as Zion Johnson. Maybe there's greater upside, but his body is not as in as good a shape as Johnson's. Yeah. I, I think he might be there for the Bucs. I wouldn't be crazy about that pick if, if there's some other names there. Yeah, the for, other for, name wasn't say for uh, Kenyon Green for older Buccaneer fans like me. If you remember Frank Middleton, who started at right guard as a rookie, he was, I believe, a third round draft pick mm-hmm. in 1997. Also, with Rondi Barber was the third round draft pick that year. But I um, kind of kind of like that physical, nasty mauler type, but not a real good technician, sloppy body. You know that that's kind of that's kind of Kenyon Green. Now he's better than Middleton was, so he's got that going for him. But but just that's the the mental picture that you would kind of want to have in your head uh, when you're talking yeah. about him. The technique is definitely has a ways to go, but he's big yeah. and strong and very quick off the ball. So there's a lot of traits right. that worth developing there. But those guys could be available. But then I guess today, JC Allen was on the call with Mel Kuyper from ESPN. And, you know, Mel's lost a couple uh, a couple steps maybe. And so he's not yeah. quite as on it as maybe he used to be. But he did mention after those guys, if the Bucks do go offensive mm-hmm. line, maybe uh, Dylan Parham from Memphis. Yeah. You know, Parham is a smaller guard, but the Bucks have, like I said, they've been all, I've said this in past podcasts, they've been kind of all over the place, physically, athletically, with the profile yeah. of offensive linemen they've drafted. They really <laughs> just want nasty. Now. Yeah, Six, like, one, 300 pounds, you know? Yeah, like it's, they have a very different prototype. I mean, Alex Cap is basically a bottom-tier athlete inside for right. a guard in the NFL, physical makeup, athletic makeup, all of it. And then you have guys at the other end of the spectrum like, Worfs and Marpet and Smith, right. you know, so they're willing to step outside that that box that they typically draft in for guys that have the, the right mentality. And Parham was small in college, and everybody talked about he need to bulk up. Well, he showed up to the combine. I think it was he 308, 311, yeah. something like that at the yeah, combine. He played around and, 285 or so at yeah. Memphis. It's just crazy. And he tested great at his yes. new weight. So I'd love to have a conversation with them, but everybody says he's nasty and definitely fits mm-hmm. some things the Bucks are looking for. I don't think the fit would be weird to us, Scott, but do right. you think if like the top guard on their board, let's say it's Zion, isn't yeah. there, that they'll draft a guard that earlier? Are they pretty good with the group that they have? I mean, they've got a lot of young options yeah. that they like. Four or five are under contract at least this season, next season. Right. Feels like they're in a pretty good spot with the O-line. Obviously, left guard's somewhat of a question. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you look you look right now, and and uh, there's there's one hole left on on offense, right? And we're expecting Rob Gronkowski to come back. We're expecting now a defensive minded draft. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know we've uh, uh, we've we've got our mock draft coming out tomorrow. Remember, I said it was going to be coming out on Tuesday, but wanted to see some of these pro days here. So it, it's almost done. It'll be it'll be published mm-hmm. tomorrow morning on pewterreport.com. So check out our latest. Peter reports seven round bucks mock draft, but yes, why is guard a concern when Stinney did so well? Well, Stinney, Stinney played well in in a limited span of time, and he's he's been a good spot player. He's yet to go wire to wire with the, with the full season, so that question has to be asked. But he's also in a one year prove it deal with the Buccaneers, so he's got a, a big time opportunity here. Nick Leverett is also a player that the Buccaneers uh, are high on. He was a player that stood out to John and I and Matt Matera and, and Casey Hudson, everybody at training camp. We were watching him, and and and, and I thought that that uh, he looked like a player that was kind of an up-and-comer. And and the thing with Leverett is they were playing him a little bit out of position. They tried him in left tackle. He does have the athleticism to kind of do that in terms of the footwork, but he's just built like a guard, doesn't have the long arms, doesn't have the size mm-hmm. that you want at tackle. But in a pinch, he could get you out of a game. Uh, in an emergency situation, but he's a real natural guard. So I think those are the two headliners there. Then you look at, at Robert Hainsey. They've got a third round draft pick invested in him. He'll be the backup center this year, but you might as well throw him in the mix and get him cross trained too. He spent right. pretty much every minute learning how to play center last year. So I think he's, he's got that down from a behind the scenes standpoint. So cross train him a guard, have a little bit of a battle Royale there. And for whatever reason, John, I think that they've, They've done a, a real good, quiet job of stockpiling talent. You got some dark horses in John Mulchin, who's been around in the mm-hmm. practice squad forever. Sedarius got a lot Hutcherson. better last year. Year one he to did. year two for him was a big improvement yeah. before he got. Sedarius Hutcherson is a player they really like out of South Carolina, who was really I also making, liked him on tape. Yeah, I had a fourth round grade on him. I think I liked him so big time. He was a free agent yeah. pickup. Now he's coming off of a knee injury, has a ways to go as a pass protector, mm-hmm. but yeah. but a really good physical player in the run game. So. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, John. Unless Zion Johnson fell to them at 27, 
which I don't think is going to happen. He's just a, that good of a player. Right. I, I don't see them going offensive guard for a while unless there's unless there's a player that just stands mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb who, who's the best player on the board in a given round. But the, the players you mentioned, Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, and, and Dylan mm-hmm. Parham from Memphis, those are three guys that, that could fit. I just don't know if they're going to spend the draft capital that early on a position where they've got Stinney Leverett and some of these other guys they like. Yeah, Luke Goodkey's another one. I don't know if I'm saying that last name right, but he's another Gidecki one that I think fits. Gidecki, yeah, yeah. I think that he fits the Bucks MO extremely yeah. well too. Yeah. The real questions is what like because think about it just from a roster standpoint, if Josh Wells comes back like we expect and Stinney wins the job, then you've got Leverett, Hainsey, and Wells that are kind of locks to be backups pretty much. I mean, Correct. maybe Leverett, it shouldn't be called a lock if he came on at a terrible camp, but they clearly yeah. like him. They want to keep him in the mix. You know, he he it is probably a good inside shot to be that 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 first backup at guard can play their spot, can yep. move around the O-line a little bit. I mean, so they've got three guys there. Okay. So now if you bring somebody in, you're carrying nine offensive linemen, and now Hutcherson and Molshin are not really making progress toward the active roster, yeah. which could be fine. I'm not saying that's a yeah, problem. They might be practice squad right. guys again. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe that's fine. Maybe it pushes Leverett to the fringe to the ninth spot. And if you if you draft somebody, I'm all for if Zion's there, I'm all for drafting him. I'm yeah, all for it. No question about it. Yep. Um, but I don't want to reach for anybody at guard, especially if you have other needs. Like I feel like they might think they're okay. So just looking at it from the team's perspective. Right. I do think they might think they're okay at guard going into this uh this draft. I agree. And I, I think this is going to be kind of a defensive minded draft. Uh, when when we look here uh at the updated defensive players. Just quickly, even before yeah. we look at defense, Scott, I, I think I completely agree with you. And I just want to say I think we'll know this for sure if Gronk's back. Yeah. And if they sign like an RB, like a like a pass catching running, like a McKinnon or Williams or Bernard, like a pass catching running back, because then they would have basically yeah. three backs. And they would not be pushing a priority to draft the back early. Lenny's an every down guy. If you're pass catcher, they like Vaughn going into year three. They want an expanded role for him. Outlook if they add that guy. And if they add Gronk back into the fold, they will draft a tight end probably at some point, but it doesn't need to be a high priority. They're they're pretty set at wide out, even if they draft one at some point. It'll probably won't be a high priority because they have got everybody under contract for the next couple of years. So there's no real non-injury path to playing time and then we've already said how we feel about the o-line so those are the two moves if they re-sign gronk and sign a cheap you know third down type running back and there's still plenty available then those two moves will basically solidify for me that i think the first couple picks in this draft are going to be defense yeah i'm with you john and and i i I believe too that that um we have some some defensive players early in our latest mock draft that hits tomorrow so Make sure, folks, that uh, that you check out pewterreport.com. Tomorrow, the new Bucks seven-round mock draft coming. So check that out. In the meantime, what we'll do is we'll check out the Bucks uh, roster situation in terms of the holes. And you see here, you're, you're kind of down to, to really two spots. Now, you could say Mike Edwards is a starter, and we'll, we'll talk about the safety position in just a second. But right now, with the addition of Will Golston back on the team for a 10th season, which is a remarkable feat for Will. Congrats. And, He's and one an of awesome dude. interviews. Yeah. Great guy. Awesome dude. And just been unsung his whole career there. Could yeah. go somewhere else and maybe get more attention, not playing with all the stars on Tampa Bay's defense. But man, he's uh, he's just been a, a staple of Tampa yeah. Bay for a while. And he's gotten better too. Last two years have been his best two years. So no reason no that doubt. won't continue. Career high four and a half sacks last year. So that was that was a, a pleasant surprise because he's really known as that run stuffing uh, defensive lineman. But so right now you're looking at an Adamica Sue, right? I mean, the placeholder right now is Raheem Nunez Rochez, who's on a contract, a very valuable reserve, can play nose and that three tech. But um, we expect Adamica Sue probably be the next domino to fall, either that mm-hmm. or Rob Gronkowski. But I think we're, we're narrowing down to there. Then you look at the safety position, John. They have told Andrew Adams, double A, we love you, but we're not bringing you back. And then you let Jordan Whitehead go. Uh, they they did sign Logan Ryan, who has some ability there, but really neither you nor I, and you mentioned this again in your your Bucks briefing column today, just don't see a, a great scheme fit at strong safety. He's not the Jordan Whitehead type player. You and I would love to see him challenge Sean Murphy Bunting for the slot cornerback role. Mm-hmm. Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, those are right now the starting three corners, but but uh 
Mike Edwards probably that placeholder right now until they address somebody. And we're not yep. going to give it give it away today, but we do have the Buccaneers drafting a pretty interesting safety uh, yep. in in our seven round mock draft. Absolutely, very excited about that. Um, the nice thing about this, Scott, I think if they get Gronk back and they get um, Sue back, they will go into the draft feeling like they have no starting spots to fill, which is how they right. always want to operate. They know they yes. all, always can't, but the last couple of years they really have done that. You know, 2020 was the exception. They really had that hold right tackle. I know right. they'd signed Joe Haig, but nobody really took that that seriously, and, yeah. or should they have. Um, so I do think that is kind of one of the keys for them, right, going into this. And they yeah. had that hold safety as well. So Winfield, we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know what Justin Evans' status was going to be like. Right. Um, or how they viewed Mike Edwards necessarily. This will tell us a lot, though. If you it pull will. up that defensive group again, like I yep. think right now you've got Sue, and if he fills that spot, they're back where they need to be on the defensive line, so they have flexibility. But there is no question, Scott, two things I think you and I are very confident about. The Bucs would love to draft defensive tackles. They, yes. Sue is older. Nacho is clearly a career backup. There's no right. change. There's no upside there at this point. Golston is older. They're both probably going to be playing both Golston and Sue on one-year deals. And McClendon comes back, it'll be the same thing. Yep. So they need more talent here. The other thing we're sure about is that this defensive tackle class Awful. is not that deep or not that great. <laughs> and the Bucs themselves, if you just listen to Jason when he was in Indy, like it just yeah. clear they're not that crazy about the D tackle class. Yep. And it's frustrating because that's two years in a row, maybe three years in a row, where they just there just has not been a lot there in terms of defensive tackle talent. Uh, you're right, and it's really been the second year in a row. And they'd love to draft one, right? They they would love to, to uh, you know, to have somebody to mm -hmm. to grow next to Vita Vea for the long term. But it just it's it's tough. It's it's really tough to to um, you know to draft somebody that just isn't there. Right? They've I done mean, a good that, job not reaching yeah. too. Like look yeah, at last year's right. class. I mean, it, across the board, it was almost all disappointing. You know, Barmore a little bit of pass rush ability, but almost everybody disappointed across the board in last year's class. Bucks were would have loved to take one, but they were smart to stay out mm -hmm. of it really because the talent just wasn't there. I don't know if I lost you there, but yeah, nope, I'm, I'm I, back. Oh, you're yep. back. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. And um uh you know, the interesting thing, John, is is how you might have to manufacture some some interior pass rushes, something you and I've kind of bantered about as well, right? Good transition. And, <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's that's. I'm I'm of the opinion that I think Joe Tryon Schoenka's rookie season, his growth was stunted. Now I, I interviewed mm. Joe, uh, I want to say late November, where he was, you know, he's almost pretty much through the whole season. And I asked him about that. Do you feel like your growth got stunted? He said, no. Mm -hmm. He loved playing all over because it really helped him understand the defense better and get a grasp of that better. And, and I get that, and that's valid. And I'm not saying he's full of it because, I mean, he knows better than I. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when when you're, when you're uh, you know, what's, what's the phrase? When you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. Sure. And, and, and I think that, that in year two, he would benefit from finding a home. And I'd love to see it, honestly, with his body type and makeup at left outside linebacker. And I'd love to have Shaq Barrett on the right outside linebacker, like he did most of the time mm -hmm. in 2019 when he racked up 19 and a half sacks, going one-on-one -on -one against left tackles and and not having to, to fight those tight end right tackle double teams. I think JTS is better suited for that. He's longer, more physical, uh, probably a, a step faster. Mm -hmm. And 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 have him find a home, but the thing is, we know like we know Todd Bowles likes to move guys inside. He did that in 2019 with Jason Pierre-Paul as sure. the interior nickel rusher. He did that last year when Pierre-Paul couldn't go inside with that shoulder injury. He had to use JTS in that role. So maybe the plan this year, John, is to find a, a bigger guy that has some flexibility to not just rush from the outside but maybe come inside as well in that nickel situation. And that affords JTS the ability to stay outside and just be that edge rusher that he's drafted to be. Sure. And JTS was really good when they put him inside last year. So certainly understandable why they did that. I mean, it was one of the big factors in the Giants game. The Giants couldn't do anything because JTS yes. just wrecked everybody. Like it was in Buffalo too. I thought he had a good yeah, game with Buffalo. Absolutely. There was, there was good yep. reps from him. Again, it's just collective and finishing. That was the issue. Like, can you get right. collective good reps together? 
but all the flashes you want to see from a first year guy who had just spent a year off the field and we knew it was going to be raw coming in yep. were there in terms of ability. Now, yeah, you got to put it all together. You can't have a year, you know, this year like last year's, you have to build on it and get better. I think they're confident that he will, but that's a, the biggest question mark on their defense, in my opinion, yep. is what he looks like in his second season. The other part of it is exactly what you're talking about. The reality is that the Bucs probably aren't in position to draft the Devontae Wyatt, who might be able to help them right away. So right. what do they do? They could bring back the old heads at defensive tackle and run it back again with that group and probably be be good enough for sure as a pass rush group, yeah. um, but probably not great. And that's and we know what they'll be as a run defense group, I think. But that's the question. How can you take that four-man rush group and make it great? So I've just been brainstorming, like, and you have been too, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's the plan going to be here? Because Bruce was clear. We need more explosive interior pass rush ability. He said pat interior pass rush like three times at the combine. That that lasting image of Aaron Donald and and in Tom Brady's (laughs) face, right? That that, that's he's like, we need to get one of these Aaron Donald fellas. You know, that's what he was like. So I don't know that there's a path to doing that if you're not going to take an edge and play him inside more not as a full-time player but play him inside Correct. situationally nickel Use rusher, kind yeah. of like a three-man rotation keep it kind mm-hmm. of like they do now with with veya hopefully not as little snaps as veya plays but right have barrett and jts and have a, th- have a three-man rotation sometimes have a four-man rotation with anthony yeah. nelson i think they've kind of talked about how much they like that and i don't know if they see cam gill as an every down type of player right so i know i said like two weeks ago i'd be surprised if they drafted an edge defender my stance on that has kind of shifted, so I take that back. I was probably wrong on that. I don't know if they'll draft a true edge right, or if they'll draft like a versatile piece. Like the defender that I hinted at on Monday's show um, is Boy uh, Mafe. Mafe. Yeah. Boy Mafe Minnesota. from Minnesota. Another Minnesota guy that took yeah. Winfield and Tyler Johnson, and he's close yeah. with Winfield especially and talked about right. him to me at the Senior Bowl, raved about those guys, um, said how great it would be to play with the Bucks. That to me is a really seamless fit because there's yeah. things that the Bucks have constantly looked for. Look at the players they just added, and they're all top-notch people, top-notch workers, super right. physical, aggressive yeah. leaders. And Damafe is all of those things. He's heralded for his character, right. his work ethic, his leadership. He's a freak athlete, similar to JTS. Yep. Freak body, similar to JTS. Mm-hmm. Bigger body though can move inside. Already has that strength um, that he that he played a little bit inside in Minnesota, rushed from inside, right. um, can run games, figure all those kind of things out. <clears throat> yeah, he's a little bit older. His production in college wasn't crazy good. Um, it was fine. He got, got to double-digit sacks. I mean, not, we're talking about a draft class where none of these dudes really yeah. blew it away, and nobody even in this class at the top has even hit 20 college sacks. So Mafe had 15, I believe, um, and yeah. seven he in his best season. Last year, yeah. <clears throat> right, which was his best year. So he got better as it went. He's still figuring things out. He's still getting better. Senior Bowl week. Had a good Senior Bowl week, Senior Bowl game, you know? But he can rush inside. He played great at the Senior Bowl, like you said. He beat guys Mm one-on-one at Minnesota. One of his big problems and why I think his production wasn't better is they often had him playing in like a square stance, Scott, with his feet like directly parallel to each other rather Mm -hmm. than a staggered stance, which obviously helps your get-off. His burst off the ball is one of the best in this class, and I've said it a million times. The four pillars of pass rush athleticism burst off the ball is the primary one. If you it can do that, and that it really sets the table for you as a rusher. He has yeah. that. That gives me a lot of encouragement that he's going to be a more productive player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Minnesota had him in that square stance, just kind of firing out, anchoring one end a lot of the time. Right. When they let him rush as the open side end, he really was effective. The problem was he just mixed up and played a lot of different roles and was in the four eye for them. And yeah. I just think you're going to see a much better player in college. He can bulk up a little bit, or right now he's trim and looks great, and mm-hmm. he could bulk up a little bit, but he's going to be a versatile chess piece. But that's a name I'd have your eye on at the end of the first round. That's kind of the yeah. range a lot of people think for him, and I just think the Bucks could could be there for him. They might John, be able to even trade down a little bit. And yeah, and John, you're hearing it too. Uh, this this first round is is really bad just in terms of talent this is not a good first round at all especially right? in certain positions yeah. yes i mean like when, when there's not even like a consensus top quarterback right it's it's bad right right <laughs> so uh and there's not even a consensus like left tackle even right i mean there's not even a consensus edge rusher i think Hutch, hutchins probably the best guy but mm-hmm. but it's just when you don't have the consensus guys at you know i think i think sauce garner probably the top cornerback but there's just so many positions where there's not even a consensus guy I mean, right. you and I have talked, is Devontae White going to be the first defensive tackle? Is it going to be Jordan Davis, right? Um, this is a great year for the Buccaneers to actually be drafting 27. 
right? And there's people in the organization that actually feel that way. They're like, they're, I'm glad that we're not <laughs> drafting 15 or 12 or something because we're not necessarily going to get a better player in terms of talent than right. we are at 27. And, and, and so I think what you're going to see is you're going to see, uh, you know, and, and the mock draft people, the national media, that they, they try to get some consensus. I mean, there's some guys, they, they like to be the, the, you know, they had the outlier picks and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the trendy, I'm going to put this guy in the first round, but this is the year where it's always beauties in the eye of the beholder, but you're going to see more so than ever, especially I'd say from 20 on players that you think are second round picks, they're going to go 20. They're going to go 21. They're going to go 22. Like Travis Jones, probably a second round pick out of UConn. He's probably going to go in the first round because there's like three good defensive tackles in this year's draft. So if you yeah. want one, you got to get one, right? right? And it's the same at a lot of those positions. So I think I think you're going to see a lot of names in the you know, in the second round that are going to be first rounders. Guys that you think might be a third rounder go in the second round this year. It's just going to be kind of all over the place because the real value in the level of talent in this draft, there's not much difference between first and second round and there's not much difference between third and the fourth round. This is a middle draft value. This is second, third, and fourth round. That's really where the value is in this year's draft. And this is why no Bucks fans should be surprised if they move down this year. I just yep. really think that. I think they would have moved down last year, to be honest, if Joe Trinchenko wasn't on the board because the problem last year was there was no place to put the picks if they got right. more, and there was no place on the roster. This year, the, the starting lineups is probably set, but the depth is not as great. So there's places you can slot guys in for sure, you know, safety, yep. corner. Like there's a lot of spots where you can slot guys in. So, and they don't have a fifth round pick and they don't have a sixth round pick and they have two late sevens, I believe, Scott. So yep. there's clearly kind of a, a need uh, there to, to maybe get a little bit more depth in this draft. They can do it. I also, I wouldn't totally rule out. This is totally me just guessing, Scott. Yeah. But I wouldn't totally rule out at some point this offseason trying to trade Tal Johnson or Scotty Miller for mm-hmm. a sixth round pick. Something I agree. like that. If you I could agree. get it. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in favor of that. Speaking of, of uh, late round picks, uh, Mikey with the $1.99 super chat. Thank you. Thoughts on Josh Rivas from KSU. That's probably a question for me. That's probably your wheelhouse. That's probably my wheelhouse. I've seen a lot of Josh Rivas. He, he's a good guard. I think he's a day three guy, probably rounds five, six, seven, big, massive kind of run mauler guy. Um, not terribly athletic, is not the kind of guy that's that's going to pull. It's going to get to the second level very often. He's a kind of a phone booth guy, but in some schemes that that's really like a man scheme type. Uh, you know, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of of Sedaris Hutcherson, the the Bucks guard that they mm-hmm. just got, where okay. he, he's he's raw. He's he's big. He's got some athletic tools. He's got great size, but like Hutcherson was an undrafted guy. Wouldn't be surprised. If Revis goes fifth, sixth, seventh rounder, or undrafted, it just mm. it's it, he's a scheme fit. He is not really a zone type of of guard. Mm. There's not a lot of lateral movement to his game. It's north gotcha. south, smash the guy in front of you. But but I, I like him. If if that's your scheme, then you know. And, and I think he could be okay in Tampa with their run scheme. The problem is, this is a pass first offense. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to pass protect, and and I think that's that's kind of the, the the problem there. Kansas State's offense is not what it used to be under Bill Snyder, which was the quarterback run game. We the last couple of years we've had Chris Kleiman, who came from North Dakota State, and so you know you think Trey Lance, you think Easton Stick, you think Carson Wentz. It's a very run heavy offense. It's basically it's the old fifty fifty offense, fifty percent pass, fifty percent run, a lot yeah. of play action. So that's kind of where where Revis is at as as a player, right? Makes sense. Yeah, seems like could be a fit, but way later down the line, it might be the way. Yeah, uh, to go with that. Um, there's some uh, questions about Tyler Johnson, and then uh, just in general, I think the Scotty Miller, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know why Giovanni Giovanni Bernard is this about a trade? Maybe this question. I don't know, but. Giovanni Bernard's not under contract yet, so uh, yeah. Think of that, John, there was a, a question I forgot who <laughs> asked it about uh, Jamison Williams, and and then also yeah, I think you could probably throw in David Ojabo from Michigan in the mix too. Two players that were very high first round locks, yeah. right? I mean, Jamison Williams might have been the number one wide receiver mm-hmm. if he didn't tear his ACL. Ojabo probably a top 
10 to 20, depending on the team right. and the scheme fit outside rusher. But now those players, if you draft them, they're not playing for you during the rookie season. Hmm. Is well, are the yeah. are the are the Buccaneers in position? Right? It, would you would you take a shot at twenty seven on one of those players that might have top ten, top fifteen talent? I or, no. I mean, it, it doesn't I, I make sense this yeah. year. I wouldn't take the shot now. First, I think they're in totally different situations. Jameson Williams Scott did get hurt, but his is an ACL tear. I don't know all the details, so it could be a bad tear or worse than normal. I don't know yeah. that. It doesn't sound like it is, though. The the all the reports, of course, they always are because they're from the yeah. agent. But they all and sound that, positive. And, and that today, happened two were, months ago, too. Yeah, and it happened two months two ago, days right? Ago or right. And to be honest, it's you know there are obviously extenuating situations. It might take them a while to feel totally confident. But from yeah. a physical perspective, ACL recovery is fairly straightforward these days, um, especially right. compared to where it used to be. So it's not totally not unconcerning. Yeah. It'll affect things maybe. Like you said, he could have been the first receiver off the board. I don't think he's going to be the first receiver off the board. I do think he's going to go high, though. He's going to go, he'll, I'll be shocked if he's not a first rounder. He's still a and first I'll be rounder pretty, now. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be pretty shocked if he's off the board, if he's if he's on the board when the Bucs pick at 27. Yeah. And even if he is, I would not take him. I, I don't feel that confidently about him, especially in a wide receiver that. room that's set for, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, Russell Gage, I was not expecting that. You and I thought Pringle right. for like a year or two right. with the first year guaranteed. <laughs> We weren't expecting a three-year, $30 million deal for a Correct. third wide receiver. The Bucks cared more than we even did. That's right. And so that changes things in terms of priority. I really would be surprised if they took a receiver in the first round just because the path yeah. to playing time is not clear at this point in time. Traylon now, Burks, he's there. Again, I like Traylon Burks. You want him. Just, huh. It would I shock me. Too, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it would shock me. I wouldn't yeah. hate it. It just would be I wouldn't wild, hate it either. Uh, yeah. you know. um, who's the other player? Oh, Ajabo is different. He yeah. tore his Achilles. That is not as standard still. That's still Correct. one of the injuries that can be a little concerning. It's obviously better. There's a pack right. back. I just don't think the Bucs would take anybody injured, period. Yeah. Like, they just haven't done it in free agency. Haven't really done it in the draft. Like, health has been a pretty big priority for them. They got yeah. the, the Evans and Beckwith thing and the O.J. Howard stuff. Not that those guys were super hurt before in right. college, but I think that's just they don't want to – be bringing in everybody's everybody brought in the club in the That's tub right. and one right. guys that are a little bit more health yeah they're, they're pretty obsessed with that i think so i'd be shocked if either were box yeah. jabo again you're probably not getting him for this season for with his right. injury or not getting him for most of yeah, it if, if you look at, at cam Akers, right that's almost the exception yeah, that was such that an quickly. absurd tweet did you see that yeah somebody was like there's yeah. no reason to think that a J-Bo won't be out. No, that's the you exception. Know, that, no, that, that's, we've never seen that happen. Now that's just the standard. Like, yeah, that, that's that's like uh, Adrian said. Peterson tearing his ACL and then rushing for two thousand yards the next year. Yeah. Right, that, they just need to be stopped in some of these situations. Stephen asks, uh, John, what do you think of Tyler Smith making him a guard? I haven't studied his tape fully yet, but yeah, yeah I do think he'll probably be a guard. <laughs> he is so aggressive. He it's is. funny. The other I, day, I Trevor. Yeah, Trevor's sick of an eye. We always text it about draft prospects. Yeah. He texts me. He's like, dude, you got to watch Tyler Smith. He's I just fun. spent like an hour interviewing him, yep. and he's like the best dude ever. And he's, I guess fun he just guy. raved about Tyler Smith in the interview, and he thinks he's going to wow teams. He thinks Tyler Smith could be even a first-round pick. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what ceiling. I'm saying. This year, yeah. it's going to be crazy. You're, yeah. you're going to hear names that you thought would be drafted later Reaching in the first round. Yeah, yeah. And, and his technique is a mess right now. I've seen enough to know that, but – yeah, upside could be pretty significant for him. Right. Uh, oh, did I just skip one? That's okay. I'm just going to answer this real quick. Is there a prototype Mike Allstott out there we can get? The, <laughs> the, the closest guy to Mike Allstott is Tyler Algier from from um, from BYU. I, I think that's probably I like think in terms we'd of see this one. <laughs> the, the bowling ball, like tackle breaking guy. And the, the other guy is, is is maybe is Damian Pierce. I'm coming around on Pierce. I know that's going to shock a lot of people, but I've actually. I've actually done more film work on him. I've watched more mm-hmm. games, and he's growing on me a little bit. And, and yeah. the reason why is because they're going to draft Damian Pierce, and I don't, I don't want to be pissed off about it. I want to be like, that's okay, right. all right, fine, I'm all right with it. You know? That's right. We all fully believe that's happened too many times, especially at my beloved running back position. They drafted Carnell Williams on my birthday, April 23rd. Yeah. They drafted Carnell Williams in 2005. Ruined my night. Who this are you, was- a Ronnie Brown guy, or? I was Ronnie Brown, yes, but okay. the thing is, Carnet. Like at that point in time, I was like, okay, Demarcus, where is right there? That, that oh, that's that's the pick out of out of geez. Troy. He's Simeon Rice 2.0. Monty Kiffin's gonna blow his friggin' mind. No, John Gruden drafted the third with the fifth overall pick, the third running back, because Cedric Wilson went in the fourth round, and I knew they were gonna draft Carnot Williams if he was there. I knew it. 
because they went to the Senior Bowl that year, and they didn't even play Cornell Williams Cadillac in the Senior Bowl that year because they didn't want him to get hurt. That was their guy. That is so, pain. Yes. Pain. So when Marcus Ware is one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Oh, yes, it was slam dunk. Injured running back. And the thing is, John. DeMarcus Ware was at the Senior Bowl too. Monty Kiffin was frothing at the mouth yeah. with for this guy, right? right. He is Simeon Rice 2.0. You had you go from Simeon Rice handing the baton exactly. to DeMarcus Ware, your pass rush is set, and they yep. blew it. Yeah, and a leader and a run to fight, everything. Yeah. He was everything. Uh, Devin with the two dollars super chat is cornerback Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska. Fit physically, I think I haven't watched a ton of his tape. He was yes. not great at the senior bowl, but physically, right. physically, yeah, yes. physically. I haven't watched enough tape either. I'm on the cornerbacks now. We got an interesting cornerback we're going to put in our mock tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Five dollar super jet here from Ant as we close things up. What about that running back from Texas A&M? Have you all looked at his tape yet? And yes. do you see them drafting a young tight end? Uh, so this is CJ Spiller, right? Yeah. And well, Isaiah Spiller. That's CJ Isaiah Spiller. Spiller. Yeah. CJ's is yeah. what how are they really he's related to cj right the old i don't Bucks, know or clemson i think he is i'm pretty sure yeah. I've read it's that. just I'll like i always call leonard floyd leonard little just leonard little they're, yeah they're outside pass right. rushers named leonard so right um okay so for spiller i've watched some but he ran four six three at his pro day the other day yes. which is interesting i don't right. care that much about speed for running backs pro day usually add about 0.05 to 0.10 to each mm-hmm. 40 so he might be like a four close to a four seven running back which is mm-hmm. Getting into the danger zone a little bit. Um, yeah. You don't love to see that. Everybody at Texas A&M basically ran like they'd never run before uh, right. at their pro day. So <laughs> that's a little bit concerning. I don't know yeah. what's going on there. But, yeah, I don't know, Scott. Um, this running back class is weird. It's like a lot of guys you could see sticking in the league, but there's not a lot of guys that you could see being like an ideal feature back, 1,000-yard rusher every year or anything yeah. like that, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting class because for what the Buccaneers are looking for, pass catching, pass protecting, running the ball in between the tackles, there are some good fits. It just there's not that like you know clear. There's not a Jonathan Taylor in this draft. I mean, the closest thing would be Brees Hall. He's not a bad back. I, I don't see the Buccaneers drafting him because I think he's going to go in the upper part of the second round. I don't think he's even going to be there for the Buccaneers when they pick at number 60. So I just don't think that he's going to be in contention. Spiller might be. Keep in mind, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, there's some players that weren't you know first-round backs that have, have had good 1,000-yard seasons that just didn't wow you at the 40-yard dash time. It's the 40-yard dash. I mean, I, I think Leonard Fournette had four carries of 30 yards or more last year out of all the carries he had. Hmm. You just don't get the breakaway runs in the NFL – because the safeties are too good of a tacklers. The linebacker level is too good. The cornerbacks are, are too good. So what you're looking for are guys really, when you're scouting running backs, did they get the 15-yard you know, guys? Did, 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 they, did they make guys miss? Can they get to the second level and a little bit more? If you see running backs that can do that consistently, break tackles, slip tackles, that's way more important than breakaway speed. It really is. Right. Completely agree with you. I think that that's – the biggest thing that people need to understand about running backs is that you, the this long speed is so unimportant it is. most of the time yeah. uh, because the re- reality is you do not get many long breakaway runs in today's yeah. NFL. It's all about maximizing your carries to get kind of what's right there. And most of the time, right. that means if you can turn four yards into six yards or eight yards or ten That's yards, right. it doesn't mean That's four a win. yard yeah. runs. It just, it's, 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 it's nice if you chain. have it, but it's a cherry right. on the top. If you have it it speed, is. I think. Speaking of cherry on the top, boy, the folks at my bookie have got a tremendous deal for you because we're still in March Madness. I mean, it's been March Madness in Tampa, John. Let's face it. Brady comes back. Russell Gage, trade for Shaq, Mason, sign Ryan, uh, Logan Ryan, uh, get Chris Godwin back for a cheap $20 million per year contract, right? Mm -hmm. But the real March Madness continues this weekend, right? It's it's March Madness with the hoops, and that's it's officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. It doesn't matter whether you've filled out multiple brackets, whether you're betting on the national championship winner, or if you're just simply looking for player and game props, my bookie has you covered. Sign up today at my bookie. Use that promo code Pewter to secure a first deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. It's simple. Uh, just use the promo code Pewter to claim that bonus. College hoops. March Madness, the NBA, the UFC, no matter the sport, baseball is going to be around the corner. Hockey is going on right now. No matter the sport, no matter the minute, 
MyBookie puts the action in your hands with live in-game betting. And with the choice of thousands of lines and odds to choose from, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with our friends at MyBookie. Great stuff from my bookie and great stuff from all y'all today. We appreciate you jumping in here in the show with us. If you could, before you leave, give us the thumbs up, please. Give us the like on YouTube. That helps boost our YouTube algorithm. We get out to more people. More people subscribe to the show. We're successful. Y'all are successful. Everybody wins. We have more talent on the show, blah, blah, blah. It's all great. Uh, so please make sure you do that. We are close, right, to 8,000, Scott. We're close yeah, to 8,000 Yeah, less than 200 away, thanks to you guys. Wow. So thank you very Y'all much. Have bumped that up crazy over the last few weeks. It's yes. really exciting to see. We got more excitement on the way. The Bucks are not done making moves. Jason Light's been clear about that. It's going to be more action coming in, in the next few weeks. And then we get into April, and we are prepping hard for the draft and our draft show, obviously, Scott. So there will be a lot happening at PeterReport.com and obviously on the Peter Report YouTube channel as well. So New Bucks seven round mock draft coming tomorrow over at PeterReport.com. This is this is where it starts getting good. Our early mock drafts are fun, yeah. but this is where it starts getting. We've heard we stuff were just at the throwing combine. darts before, right? We've talked now to we're people. It. We are very much narrowing it down. I feel yeah. so, I hate our first ones because I'm just oh yeah, like, a million well, John. The only time that I've liked the early ones is when the Bucks are picking like first, and you know it's Jameis yeah. Winston, or yeah, yeah. fifth, and you know it's Devin White. Devin like right, that's. Right. Right. Then, Those are the then it's fun, yeah. but right, but yeah. no question about it. So that's coming tomorrow, and we've got a little bit of a better idea. So you're going to want to get your eyes on that over at pewterreport.com, obviously. Until then, and tomorrow we'll be back with another show, by the way, 4 p.m. Eastern as well. So until then, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.